0: Okay, hold on. Let me connect you to my supervisor. You're in trouble, honey. Yeah, who's this? Hello, sir. My name is Barry Egan. I called your service the other night. Yeah, why don't you shut the fuck up? Oh, what's that? I said calm down and shut the fuck up. What's the problem? The problem is, if you give me a chance to explain, is that girl I was just speaking with has been threatening me, and four blonde gentlemen attacked me and smashed my car and hurt my girl. All right, go fuck
1: yourself. That shit has nothing to do with me, all right? I run a legitimate business here. Listen to me. What's your name, sir? Answer me! What's your name, asshole?
0: I'm Barry Egan. How should I know? You could be anybody, fuckhead. You're a bad person. You have no right taking people's confidence in your service. You understand me, sir? You Shut up. up! Shut the fuck no, up! shut not. up, will you?
1: Shut up! Shut up! Shut, 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 shut! Shut up! Shut up! Now, now, are you threatening me, Dick?
0: Why don't
1: you go fuck yourself? Oh, you, mm, 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 you fuck! Did you just say go fuck yourself?
0: Yes, yes, I did.
1: That wasn't good. You're dead, <laughs> gentlemen. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. You
0: can't handle the truth!
1: King Kong ain't got shit on me!
0: I am the third I am so much crazier
1: I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's stay, big boy, huh? as proud bribe. Everybody on? Good, great, great, wonderful!
0: Hello! Welcome to Facing Off. This is a podcast where we take two movies we find to be similar in some way and we compare, contrast, and rate them. Today we are doing Uncut Gems versus Punch Drunk glove. My name is Gabe. What's up, Nick, my hey. other co-host? Hey, man. My other other co-host.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we, are, um, we are happy to be bringing these to you and hope that this is some respite from mm-hmm. the world that is the world around yeah. us.
0: Yeah, I think at this point we need a little bit of entertainment, Um, not not necessarily a distraction, but something that can uh, bring us up and some movies we can analyze. uh, This is
1: a um, this is a um, this is the side of fries to your main course of activism.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, And art is art, and so dope to be talking about these two. Yeah, Uh, we paired
1: these two together because they both have
0: three syllables.
1: Yeah, Uncut Gems, drunk love. love,
0: and that's the only Adam message. Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> nope, 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 you did it wrong. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll explain a little bit of why we're doing these two movies, but we do want to tell you right now, spoiler alert, we will be spoiling these movies literally in the synopsis. Yeah. So if you haven't seen them, we implore you to do that. Uh, Punch Drunk Love right now is on HBO, and Uncut Gems is on Netflix, and they are both great. Not for everyone, but both great. Yeah. Uh, special shout out to Blake, uh, past guest uh, who absolutely loves uh, Punch Drunk yeah, Love. It it's like one of his favorite movies, and so I texted him a lot about it. Um, let's get into it, dude. Uh, give us the synopses of these two movies. Yeah,
1: so these are two <clears throat> Adam Sandler vehicles that are... Um, Possibly his two best acting performances ever.
0: Yeah, that and Meyer, Meyerwitz stories.
1: Yeah so here we go Punch Drunk Love is the story of Barry Egan a bathroom supply salesman with anger issues borderline depressive symptoms way too many abrasive sisters and a non-existent love life <laughs> however when Barry meets Lena an English woman that works with one of his sisters he finds someone and something to live for as Barry and Lena's love blossoms Barry must confront an extortionist mattress salesman sex hotline operation and overcome oh, you know, the crippling ones. fear of confrontation massive spoilers uh spoiler alerts here in uncut gems so if you have not seen uncut gems skip uh i mean we're just gonna spoil it for the rest of the episode yeah don't 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 do this to yourself it's a great movie um it really is so stop now watch it come back uncut gems is the story of howard ratner a new york jeweler with a great deal of debt and a big ass gambling problem Speaking of big ass, Howard also has a very attractive socialite girlfriend named Julia, whom he has put up in an apartment in the city while he lives at home with his wife, daughter, and two sons. When Howie receives a fairly sketchy delivery of a black opal stone from Africa, NBA all-star and Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett becomes obsessed with the stone and inspires Howie to gamble profusely. He wins a massive bet, almost, but the loan sharks that he owes money to stop the bet before it's complete. Howie spirals at this point a bit, breaks up with Julia after catching her making out with The weekend, and places another (laughs) massive bet on KG during the NBA Finals. He wins as he locks the loan sharks in his jewelry store during the game and makes more than enough to pay off the loan sharks. But in a fit of rage, one of the sharks shoots and kills Howie as the movie
0: ends. And Arnold. Uh, And Arnold. Yeah.
1: Gil from Succession.
0: Yeah, Eric Bogosian. Uh, sweet. Both just fucking uh, heart attack movies, essentially. Just yeah, constantly just, on edge uh, and. Just anxiety driven. Just a, a lead character who's just caught in some uh, horrible shit. And so that's why we wanted to do them. Um, we are going to break these down using our five typical categories yeah. uh, actoring, spectacularity, originality eye candy and legacy but actually just switch that nick it's eye candy before originality okay uh and we are going to rate each of these categories on our one to seven scale one being low seven being highest four being middle it's very much in between nick let's get it kicking let's get it started on a saturday night um no uh let's get it started with actoring And uh, let's talk about uncut gems. Funny story about that song that you almost started singing when I that song
1: played on a nonstop loop for like seventy two hours on this radio station in my hometown when I was a kid. Did you listen to it? To this day, I I vividly remember my dad being like, "Why is this on repeat?" and then turning it off. I think if and then getting home, turning on my radio in my room and being like. Wow, this is
0: just keep. It just I keep love that song. I don't know why. And Anyways. I and that's like my first introduction to Ali G in the music video. Oh really? <laughs> oh no no no. That's uh, Hey Mister DJ. Yeah, DJ. I think yeah. Okay. Uh, so actoring, by the way, is where we talk <laughs> about uh the performances, uh, whether the actors were great in it, I uh, whether the writers and directors gave them the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities. Right. So as uh as I said, let's start with uncut gems. Nick, why don't you kick us off with actoring? Okay, so okay, Booby,
1: Adam Sandler is phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis says that Adam Sandler put forth a masterpiece. Of, in uncut gems. In uncut gems.
0: Daniel Day Lewis said that. Daniel Day
1: Lewis said that. That's sick. It's Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, at least from what I read says that that's the highlight of his career. That Daniel Day-Lewis says that his performance is a masterpiece in Uncut Gems.
0: That's so cool. I think
1: that's all that needs to be said. Uh, he is just a uniquely weird man. Uh, and it works, even if he's just, like, such an off-putting individual. Yeah. It, that's, like, why it works so well. And everyone is pretty good. Uh, Julia Fox is really great. It's her first um, role. Gil from Succession is pretty okay, too. I think he's um, great. I think, I yeah, think I think he's him. pretty great. And... Um, uh, pretty solid child acting too even though his, his, son? his son no his son is son's like a, really good a teenager yeah he's not really like a child actor but he's still really good i gave it a 6 i didn't want to give it like a perfect 7 i'm i'm right there
0: i yeah. give it a 6 here's the thing and we're going to be talking about this especially with punch drunk love adam sandler is like the king of frenetic movies these movies yeah. are frenetic um he, just, he has yeah, this absurd works. accent in it like the way that he talks is so like Oh fuck! I'm not calm. Like it's like it's, it's gotta like be almost that
1: he has fake teeth in.
0: Yeah, I mean it could be that. But what's really cool about this is even though it's a frenetic movie, he's actually kind of the calming force in it in terms of how he's responding to the chaos around it's true. him. True, he, he he's rarely freaking out. Yeah. Uh, except
1: when his girlfriend's making out with the weekend
0: and when he blows up at Lakeith Stanfield every time he's blowing up at him is when he does that that's very very true he's so clueless and he's constantly ignoring stuff it's really like a well written character and he handles it really well and the Safdie brothers like things to feel chaotic and the characters are always moving and that might be disorienting to some but Adam Sandler does it in a great way when he's going back and forth in the jewelry shop and he's not really listening to the people around him um him watching and shouting at basketball when literally the, like the first fucking shot of the game you like yeah no, but no, no I'm not talking about that when he's in his house when he does the first oh, yeah. bet and it's like the first few plays he's freaking out and even his wife comes in she's like what the fuck are you yelling about it's the first quarter <laughs> um Julius uh, Julie Fox is great she's got that certified 100% pure grade dump truck on her and yeah. uh she She's so good in the scene. She had scene. to go to the
1: DMV and get a new license
0: to drive that thing. That wagon. Um, <laughs> she, is, she is really, like, it, without over-sexualizing her, she's so good at acting in this, like when she's outside of the club and yelling at those people. She's
1: a very interesting person. She's like, you that's like why
0: that. you're fucking outside. I was in the club. Yeah. Uh, I think KG, one of my favorite athletic performances. Athlete performances? athlete, Athlete performances. He's great in it. He's almost making fun of himself, and I love that. He's like... He's, he has this obsession in it. Um, yeah, he becomes obsessed with a stone. Like mystical signs and shit. It's not <laughs> even just this. Yeah. Um, and then Lakey Stanfield and Eric Bogosian are both great. The whole family dynamic. W- like, I think Eric Bogosian's really good when they're around the family at Passover. Because, yeah. like, Arnold is, is the outsider in the family. Um, and, uh, one last, or, or two last people. Adina Menzel, really good. Like, I didn't think she was that great of an actress because I just never really saw her as herself instead of just singing in Frozen. And she is so good in the scene when she, like, fake punches him, and she's like, you're fucking annoying face. Yeah. Uh, and then Judd Hirsch, uh, like, iconic TV actor, uh, perfectly comes in, and, like, he has, like, 10 minutes of screen time as the grandfather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's he's, like, a really good actor. So I'm going to give it a six as well. I don't think it's the best i think that even adam sandler who's really good in it i can understand why he wasn't nominated because even when he gets to an emotional level and he's crying it's more funny than it is like sad um yeah which works i just didn't think it was like the best performance it's a good segue
1: into punch drunk love where his performance is legitimately really sad
0: it's sad and it's so good. It's like He's doing so much in this movie. I
1: read a quote that was like it's like an art house Adam Sandler movie and it's like it totally is. He's he's not that much different than Adam Sandler in like just Adam Sandler movies. No, oh, totally. But it's just like, oh, but like what if like a person like that actually existed? they would be really, really weird and depressing. Yeah. And that's what Punch Drunk Love is. It's awesome. Um I, I gave it a five though because I think Adam no. Sandler is really great. But I do not like um, Emily Watson. Oh, really? I just uh, but don't. I think
0: like I think it works for
1: her character because her ca- like I I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying I don't really like it, so I'm not going to give it a really high. Like I'm, it's still an above average score. I just I, there are some performances I don't like. Love hers being chief among them, and like Adam Sandler's like sister. Like, I just don't like that M- actress.
0: Marilyn Radchko? Nah, no. Who I who I uh, was in an elevator with in Long yep. Beach. You're gonna talk about that. Uh, uh
1: she dude, Gail the Snail. Gail the Snail um, is not. I don't know. No, want her. I think she's
0: amazing in this. It's um I I think I'm gonna give it a seven just to piss you off.
1: Yeah, I it wouldn't piss me off. I I would understand it's just not everything works for me. Adam Sandler very much works for me. And the the writing and the directing also um, really work for me there is not enough Philip Seymour Hoffman that yeah. is generally my take on everything though I love Philip Seymour Hoffman but
0: he comes in and does so much in a short amount of time that it's like perfect and this is shut, before he was shut, a big actor shut 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 the fuck up <laughs> um so yeah I so I actually Blake had told me that um the way that adam, i think this role was like essentially written for adam it sandler was, yeah. and that like pta paul thomas anderson the director came to meet him on the set of little nikki and adam really liked him and he had just seen magnolia which is a great film and he he just he was already a fan of boogie nights so he hopped on um, i'm hovering between a 6 and a 7 but i really think that adam sandler is like truly incredible at what he does in this movie because he's pathetic um but he's constantly on edge and you could feel it in every single moment of his acting and it at times blows up but even when he blows up he's so apologetic about blowing up and so hard on himself um he's really good on the date in the like quiet pathetic way he talks and looks when he's talking about her uh talking to her about his business and he has a full rage in the bathroom just breaks everything has an incredible conversation with the uh the host the major <laughs> d who's like sir did you like do this and he just can't admit it because he can't, he can't like he's so ashamed of what he did and the guy's like sir i'm gonna crack your fucking head open he doesn't uh, even
1: yell it though he's no, like sir, sir I'm, I'm gonna, gonna crack, crack your fucking, fucking head open if you don't just
0: get out of here yeah right now You know what's like a really good acting scene is when he's on the phone call with his sister in Hawaii and there's the parade around him and he finally loses it at his sister. He's like, you don't fucking care about me. You're always giving me shit. Um, (laughs) I love when he, when he, Luis Guzman is like legitimately worried about him and he's about to tell him, but instead of telling him what's really happening, he goes, ah. I gotta get more pudding. And then they go to the store and he's, like, dancing with the pudding, which is, like, Paul Thomas Anderson was, like, inspired by a real story of someone who had bought a shit ton yeah. of things to get frequent flyer miles.
1: Yeah. Um, like Yeah, there was a guy that the American Airlines had a, an actual like, promotion very similar to the one in this movie and yeah. the dude just, he spent, like, $3,000 on, like, random stuff and he got,
0: like, like, 1.5 million miles or something. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's a hilarious idea. It had to have come from something real. Yeah, I mean, I I really, like... Philip Seymour Hoffman is so good in it. And the scene when they're literally face-to-face... Yeah. ...is like why aren't they, why weren't they in so many more movies together? They had like, their chemistry was like off the charts. It was yeah. incredible. Um, I do want to say the yeah. sisters are really good and none of them were actors. Mm-hmm. He fucking found them at a temple and uh, besides Marilyn Lynn Ratzka, but right. um He, I, they're so good in that scene where they where they keep calling. Hey, you remember when we used to call you gay boy? Oh my god! And he's just like loses it, and they're like, oh, and he breaks the window because he finally can't take it, and they're like, oh, way to fucking go, Barry! What is your problem, psycho? Sad. It is sad, but I honestly, the acting is so good. I'm gonna give it a seven.
1: Okay, wow! I didn't think you were gonna actually do it. That's fine. Go for it. No, I'm gonna.
0: No, I'm gonna Uh, give it a six.
1: Abra, abra. Abra, I do
0: agree with you. I, I, I'm gonna give it a six, but I'm like close to giving it a seven.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Let's go to spectacularity.
1: All right, what are we starting with?
0: Punch drunk, punch drunk love. Since we're on it. All right. I gave these both a six. Okay, well, so spectacularity is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie right. and always, whether always forget whether you're just, like, really into the movie and really involved. Uh, and I think both of these movies are so good about that because they definitely hook your attention.
1: Yeah, in different ways, though. Like yeah. Punch Drunk Love hooks your attention because you just... A, there are so many, like, tangential plots all ha- kind of happening, but they're all, like, so... Sort of insignificant. Like they're not like nothing that happens in Punch Drunk Love is like this huge deal. The extortion thing is like
0: kind of a big deal. Well, yeah, when they actually like show up and hurt him and yeah, force him, but but like and then crash into his car. But like the resolution
1: is he just goes to Utah very very quickly. Yeah, and
0: so funny, and has
1: like an altercation that doesn't even turn physical, and then that's like it. It just resolves itself. It's it's like engaging because it's so short and it's so bizarre and you're so like cued into what Adam Sand- what Barry Egan is feeling the whole time, right? That you're just like, just, what, just what move just- it. Wow, Stop dude. Going.
0: Yeah, it's a screensaver,
1: <laughs> dude. I don't have a screensaver. Uh, Sorry.
0: All good. Technical difficulties.
1: Uh, that's why it's really engaging. Yeah. That you're just so. Cute into it and you'd like root for Barry the whole time you just want him to do better and like be okay totally and you that's feel why really it's so sympathetic. engaging
0: yeah I gave it. I gave it a seven um I think here's here's the main thing uh here's the main thing it's an hour and a half it's it's so short it almost feels like a slightly elongated short film it's kind of like designed to feel like um weird short films um it's it's got this like incredible score that keeps you engaged. It's so bizarre. It's like boom 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 boom, boom. and then it's like boom, da, 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 and there's like a marching band. <laughs> but then it's like beautiful, and it's abrupt. The whole point is every he's supposed to be on edge and Paul Thomas Anderson perfectly makes you feel like you're on edge in terms of like every single moment a door could open and it would sound like a gunshot mm-hmm. and and that keeps you on the edge of your seat and he'll keep it loud it's so good it's, it's just what frenetic Barry feels yeah. yeah it's it it's it's frenetic and um i, think I love how they good. show him at work constantly on the edge dealing with so many things like the scene one of the best scenes is when he's trying to s- stay calm and sell some things and his Sisters keep calling, and you you eventually find out that he has seven sisters, and he, they're just, like, harassing him on the phone, and then, like, his sister <laughs> wants to set him up on a date. And then he breaks and, the plunger. And then he breaks the plunger, and he's like, I'm sorry about that. That wasn't supposed to happen. Uh <laughs> that was one of the old ones. Dude, um, and then when they're like when you first see him with his sisters and you really see that he has this rage, because you're not you're not shown the rage yet, yeah, is so good. I think this so the scene where he first really gets to know Lena when she comes to the work and the people are like as he's doing that, he's getting the phone calls, and they're trying to move the. They're using the forklift, and they're trying to move the pudding, and it like smashes into something. Honestly, one of my favorite scenes in any movie because you, the amount of chaos that Paul Thomas Anderson just like collapses into this tiny scene is so funny. That's
1: like so important to
0: bury the the character too. Yeah, the pudding, and the, oh, and, and this girl, and yeah, the,
1: and that like he's making a genuine connection with like. Uh, A a girl that he's interested in, and at the same time, his like literally things are like falling off of shelves. Exactly, getting hurt. It's
0: like his he for the he's trying to keep himself together like so much that things are literally falling apart uh, around him. Um, His phone sex call is so good when he gives the social security number, you just like know. If you had never seen the movie, you just know this is going to be the plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. This is going to be like a big part. Um, But then he's talking about his job and it's just amazing. He's so pathetic. Um, I want to say like another great scene is the way that they do the car crash is so sudden um, where they smash into him. It's so sudden. It's filmed really well. And then he just gets out and he turns into full Hulk mode like a superhero and just beats the shit out of all of them. And then hands the last guy the crowbar (laughs) uh, then walks away. It doesn't say anything. I just think it's like this movie is designed to keep your attention and it's only an hour and a half. And that's, that's incredible. Um, So it's a seven for me. It's weird. I do understand people might be caught off by how weird it is and how there might be like a harmonium or piano in the street and there's no explanation for it. But I think that keeps you engaged because you're like, why?
1: Yeah. The whole movie, you're just like, why is this happening? What is going on? Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily for everyone. So I gave it a six, but um, I, I personally, the more I think about it, the more I love it.
0: Yeah. um, What about uncut gems?
1: Uh, it's like a white knuckle affair for
0: like 80% of the movie. What uncut?
1: Yeah. Uncut gems where you're just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, like what is going to happen?
0: Yeah. That's it's a good at way. The end it.
1: that he's, that he dies is just like insane. And it just like the whole thing works so well to keep you focused on what's happening. Um, again, I don't think it's perfect. And for everyone, because the style choices that the Safdie brothers put into it are like, not for everybody. Yeah. But um, like there are some scenes, a lot of scenes that are just like edgy your seat good. And not just the ones where he's betting, but like the Adina Menzel scene where she like goes to, pu- like she fake punches him. It's
0: such a like real moment. And there's it's just so, so
1: many real moments. That's a good way of putting it. There's so many like real moments in the movie that it's just like, it's awesome. I,
0: I gave it a six. I gave it a six as well. I I'll, I'll say why negatively I was bringing it down from a seven. And I do think it's, that it's not for everyone. You know,
1: yeah, I, I like... Love, the, I don't love the 10 minutes of score at the beginning.
0: Yeah, of where, where you can't hear anything. And yeah. I think it's cool because it's the credit sequence and they do it... I think they do it a little bit better in Good Time, but uh, the Safety brothers. Um, but uh, the score is really cool. I like it. It's fucking weird. And, if, and it keeps you engaged in how fucking strange it is. But yeah... It's not going to work for everyone. My mom literally walked out of the theater because she couldn't handle it. Also, it's like really close up on people's mm-hmm. faces, so it just takes you out. But while while I personally like that, I can say that um, other people probably don't. Um, what I have to say though is why it's almost a seven is this is like like you said, it's like a white knuckle affair. It's for me, it's like sustaining a heart attack for two hours straight. Yeah, and. Every intense scene, we would when Nick and I were watching, because I had already seen it, Nick hadn't, when we were watching every scene, they do this genius thing where the scene's already cranked up to about like a nine, and then someone will be calling, or someone will be on the security cam or someone enters the room, and you're like, oh my god, another person he (laughs) owes, another person. It's like things are stacking up that you feel so into it. Um I think the music is really, really well done in the scene where um, the goons are like chasing him through the school and then Arnold puts him in the car. Oh, that yeah. That scene is just really good. He's, I never resurface anything. Um, it oh, perfectly man. mounts up tension with little things throughout it. Like, one thing I love is he keeps saying at the beginning to KG, don't lean on the glass. He yeah. says it multiple times and then the glass fucking breaks. And as it breaks, it's a distraction and KG is able to like, manipulate him into giving him the opal and get away. Um,
1: that scene, they uh, they rigged an explosive to the... Oh, to like burst it? To the screen. and Or to the... Yeah, the screen. The, the countertop.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and they told all the actors at some point it's going to break, but they didn't tell them when. That's genius. So then they had them all saying their lines and they had KG leaning on it. And then they picked the time that they wanted to, to break it. And then, so their reactions are all like actual
0: surprise. And it's great. And it's, and this is like just a tiny thing that keeps you engaged in it, that you're paying attention to these little clues. Um, I love the two little old short guys that are hustling him to get their money back. And he's like fucking with them. And in the scene where he's crying, he's like, oh, these fucking guys when they're outside. The closet sexting scene is hilarious. The club scene is like when he is so good in it its entirety of showing who this character is, and then he tries to beat up the weekend and ends up getting the shit kicked out of him.
1: By the weekend.
0: Uh by the weekend, and <laughs> and it perfectly is is soundtracked by Swimming Pools by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And it, it's just like a beautiful scene. The auction scene is like high tension, oh, so good. God. And just
1: like you just know what's gonna happen the whole time.
0: Yeah. And I would say the last the last third of the movie with the the big bet is, is like that spectacularity, like in a box. It's yeah. basically when the tool falls from the door, you just go oh, fuck, this is going to be bad. And yeah. then he locks them in there, and it, it's brilliant. So I'm going to give it a six. I was close to giving it a seven, but i got to be a little objective. Like okay. Um, let's move on to Eye Candy.
1: Dang, Punch Strong Love is killing it right
0: now. That's oh, right. a great film. Uh, Eye Candy uh, is just where we talk about the visual elements. Um, we can start with the uncut gems since we're on it. Uh, this is going to be tough from an objective level.
1: It's a cool comparison, though, because they're both so unique. Yeah. But they're not, like, by the same director or anything like that. No, not same cinematographer own. or anything. Yeah. 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 They're all, they're unique and they're, like, they're uniquely unique. Uh,
0: unique New York.
1: Yeah. Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Um, which one are we starting with? Uncut Gems. Uh, like I said, it's not for everyone, it's a unique styling. Um, the Safdie brothers just do that. I haven't seen many of their films, so you're going to talk about it more. Um, just Watch
0: Good Time. You I think you would really like it.
1: I know, I know I will. But it's it's on my it's on our list. Yeah. It's very confident. The uncut gems is very confident in what it's doing.
0: That's a really good way of It
1: knows it. that like you can just tell that the movie's like, this is weird, but trust me, it's going to work, and then it does work.
0: It's their style. It's really yeah. cool. It's like they're almost not even really copying from anyone.
1: It conveys everything that it wants to convey, but it does it in this like weird, unique way. Um, but it's not like totally out in the left field except for the first 10 minutes when it's just like this blaring score that's just a bit too
0: much. Well and you have to like you have to adjust to the fact that they film often very close to people's faces. Yeah, it's it, cool.
1: They built the whole jewelry store from scratch too. That's awesome. That's like it's just a set that they built. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: they kept a lot of real stories in in the movie of people from the jewelry um, district. Oh, really? In New York. Yeah. So they try to keep it as authentic. I
1: gave Uncut Gems a five in terms of eye candy. I just don't think it's for everyone. There's some stuff that doesn't work. I don't want to see close-ups of Kevin Garnett's face. And also, you're like, that's it's old. Not pretty Kevin face. Garnett. Yeah, but you know that he's not like. He's not like. NBA finals, Kevin Garnett.
0: Yeah. I kind of, it takes away from like his age, I guess. Yeah. They don't like de-age him or anything. <laughs> I, I'm hovering between a five and a six because visually this is a movie that I like. It's something that I like to see, especially in the way that it stands out. Um, it is a little disorienting how close it is and how uh, quick the camera moves, but I like that. Um, it reminds me of a lot of like eighties action movies. Yeah, it does. Um, they cool. do, they're really good at editing though. And, the, and it's Benny Safdie is the, out of the brothers, he's really good at acting in uh, Good Time. Like, like unbelievably good at acting. But he does editing for most of their uh, films that they do. And he's, it's really good. The close up on the faces work in certain moments. There's this really cool editing shot right before Adam Sandler gets put in the trunk. It flashes Arnold's face close up and then it flashes his face close up. Mm. And the fact that you can't go back from where you were here. This is like the last straw between them. Um, Mm. There's some really... I also think that the getting close up... um, Gets you, <laughs> your mic is fucked. Uh, getting close up also gets you to understand the characters a lot. Like you, you can't hide any emotions or anything with that. Um, there's incredible shots. That that is really cool that they can do with bigger budgets now. There's the shot of him from very from far away entering the club the week with the weekend, and the there's the sparklers all next to him and the champagne being brought yeah. through, and you see him just marching his way through this crowd that he doesn't fit in with, but he wants to fit in with. Right. Um, the shot with Lakey Stanfield right when uh, Lakey finally is like "fuck you, dude," and it's it's. It pans around his face in the shop with the KG moment because mm-hmm. he's so fucking mad at uh, um, what's his name? What's Howie? His main character? Yeah, Howie. Howie. He's so mad. It's before he goes into the safe, but it's this like very quick shot.
1: And KG's in the building for that, right?
0: Yeah, he's still in there. Yeah. but he's not. He's not in there when they get into the fight about the watches.
1: Right. Yeah, he, but you know he's it's like, like an aside. It's yeah, really
0: cool. I also think there's this really cool, like Kubrick-esque uh, light show at the beginning, and like that goes. It goes from the mine. It goes from the opal to the inside of his colon yeah and then it's like an astral field at the very end they do it and i think it's beautiful and fucking weird and i i appreciate them for doing that i think jimmy would uh, especially appreciate that um and this is a slight visual thing subtly i just love his his grin the whole movie their close-ups of his grin is like the tone of the movie Um, it's just
1: like it's just just such such
0: a a deliberate deliberate
1: movie yeah and it 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 ends up working so well even if it is off putting enough to to drive your mother away from the
0: yeah and that's why i'm going to be objective i'm going to give it a 5 even though personally i do really appreciate oh, so what we they agreed. did yeah
1: what was your punch drunk love talking so
0: about i'm 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 pretty close to giving this a 7 and and it's and I did not expect that. I thought I was not gonna like it visually. You just but, really like electric blue suits. Well, no. So the costuming is actually pretty good. But Robert Elswitz cinematography. He's like an incredible uh, cinematographer for PTA and for the Coen Brothers. Sometimes his cinematography is so good. And Paul Thomas Anderson uses space really well in this movie. Like it's like Sam Esmail and Mr. Robot, where someone will be in the corner of the room, except for. unlike mr robot the characters move to the empty parts of the room like there is a lot of movement it's like kurosawa and the way he does that the camera's always moving with the characters there are amazing tracking shots in this like handheld tracking shots and then reverse tracking shots um he i think he paid homage to taxi driver with the phone sex scene because the camera drifts away from him while he's oh my doing that. god, that's and I,
1: why that stuck with me.
0: Yeah, and I and I and I wouldn't have known that had you not brought that up on the taxi driver thing. Um That's I wrote that scene down
1: specifically. That's totally why. It's because we just watched that.
0: Yeah. And uh it, it's brilliant. And um uh the editing is insane. Like sound editing is really good in this movie, like really really good to make like harsh sounds come in abrupt, but visual editing they I mean he must have spent I mean it so much of this movie is edited. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of quick shots and it's not distractingly. So it's more like keep you on the edge of your seat. So yeah,
1: it's, it's like, it's really well done to make you feel. I think it's to make you feel like Barry feels
0: hundred percent. That's why the editing is that way. Cause it'll be like, he's in a room and they'll all of a sudden flash cut to a door opening and him jumping. Mm-hmm. And then you jump because it's loud <laughs> yeah. and abrasive. What did you think?
1: I wrote that this should almost be like ear candy because punch drunk love, like uses all of these cool shots. But it's really more like, like the way that the sound is utilized, is to like this great effect of like, uh, just like really unnerving and like you just feel uncomfortable for a lot of it because you're supposed to feel like Adam Sandler feels, right? In in the movie, where Barry feels in the movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when when he's calling, or when he's talking to the phone sex operator, there's like this really cool shot where it like. It moves to show him. It's it's to show him like how alone he is. It like moves to like so that he's on one side of the table where he's sitting. That
0: was an also a great shot, and it and then he'll move to the other side of it. It's yeah. like it's it's like it's wrangling the actors to go to certain places.
1: Yeah, like it shows all the negative space, and then you know that oh, he's probably gonna move to the negative space. But also the effect is like. Oh man, this guy's just like alone. Yeah, this guy just doesn't have anything. He's this desperate, desperate. and then he obviously doesn't want to actually have phone sex. He just wants to have someone to talk to who's a woman. Yeah, and it's just like it's so sad, and he's so desperate that he's even though he's so nervous and and apprehensive about giving his social security number, he's still just like
0: he's he's so lonely.
1: um, he's a pushover yeah also very amazing that Adam Sandler in this movie can just on spot make his
0: skin turn red I know there's it, a couple yeah. scenes
1: where you're like how is he doing that it's like he flips on a switch he just turns red
0: has um, a cool visual element
1: I, I gave it a 6 yeah. I, put, I put
0: 5 slash 6 I'm gonna go 6 for. I'm gonna go gloves. with 6 I do want to talk about I really like the digital art things that it's they do not in this it's visually
1: disappointing but what is visually disappointing is that my pen just exploded it yeah. just happened
0: uh, that's why I use a phone. Um the digital art in this is so cool it's like transitions. It's supposed to be like soothing when nothing in the movie is soothing. Um the guy who made it, this is really sad, but the guy who made it, Jeremy Blake is like a really was a really famous like digital art like celebrity and he was part of this like celebrity couple and they both committed suicide like one after the other. Um this is what I was really distracted by it when we were playing uh, the game the other night. Uh, Kellen sent that to me. Um, I'll send it to you. It's Jeez. it's really sad, um, but I think that I really like the digital art display. And if you want to watch more scenes from this movie, there is a deleted scene short film called "Blossoms and Blood" on uh, it, because the guy who did the score um, and soundtrack also. Mm-hmm like wrote a song or whatever. So it's almost a music video. It's on YouTube. It's like 12 minutes. Um, so anyways, I'm going to give it a six only because I think there are more beautiful movies that I like with right. even lower, like Midsommar, I think is an incredible visual spectacle.
1: The movie, this punch Love, glove has a surprisingly high budget.
0: Yes. 25 million. Yeah. And it's, and I don't know. It's just that I think there are some shots in it that I like more than any shots in any other movie. But I don't think it, it, it's not as crisp as I would want it, even for, like, film, if it was on film. So, okay, uh, six for me, six for Nick. Um, let's talk about originality. We, we typically agree. Oh, we're we like have spot agreed,
1: on. like, so, so much in this.
0: Good. Well,
1: But not quite with Punch Drunk Love. Sort of interesting.
0: Okay, well, because I'd probably like it a little bit more. Um, uh, let's talk about originality. So originality is where we talk about how creative the movie was, uh, whether it sticks out in any way in its genres or anything, or if it, we kind of talk about the writing a lot, um, and, uh, how it stands on, on its own. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's like a question that we and asked is, did it both, need to be made? Correct
1: me if I'm wrong. These, these are, are both, both original movies. screenplays. Yeah, not based on anything not else. Not based on anything. And Which they are beautifully
0: weird, like, uh-huh. original screenplays. Let's start with uh, Punch Drunk Love.
1: Which is up right now, 37 to 34.
0: Oh, damn. Kind All of, right. It meow, 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 meow. Um, um, and it's going to go up a little bit more because I gave it a seven in terms of its originality. Holy. Shit, I think I'm gonna move to a. I was at a six.
1: I think it's extremely unique. Like I don't know if yeah, everyone loves I'm it. Like Julie, we've watched a couple of movies this this week where I'm like, I feel bad because she's like, wait, what was why? And we're gonna
0: watch the, something that maybe she doesn't want. No, she was like, Dark no, night no, Rises. she was really
1: excited about Dark Knight Rises.
0: Okay. But no, we watched The Assistant last night. And I love The Assistant. I I thought I told you not to watch it.
1: Oh. Uh no you didn't but, but it's, it's like, like it's like, like it um it kind of reminded me of Punch Drunk Love because it's, it's kind of the same thing, thing. it's like, like this shorter this movie that doesn't necessarily have this like grand point to make or this like grand, it's grand plot it's about, about one person's
0: experience yeah and the little details that go in and into the that.
1: De- and like it's very detailed and, and that's, that's why, why I think the Punch Drunk is totally unique let's
0: definitely talk about the assistant
1: I don't know of any other film that is that is quite like Punch Drunk Love that I've watched. And I truly I truly don't think that there's another film I can think of that is exactly like this. It's a masterpiece in making the us feel awkward. And I think it's important to show to people if you're talking about like mental health and like what it takes to Yeah. Um, you know, like truly own who you are and like move past what you're what you're dealing with. Because he tries. Like it's cool the scene yeah. where he tries to like reach out to his um, his brother-in-law, I guess.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's his brother-in-law, and he's, it is. Like,
1: he's, he's like, he's like, a- um, you know, yeah. I don't know if there's anything wrong because I don't know how other people
0: are. Yeah, and
1: it's just like this really raw line, and like there's just not a lot of movies like this. I, I gave it a seven.
0: I do. That was really well said. I actually am someone that has had issues with like random bouts of just short-fused rage, never to a degree like him. I mean I've broken s- stuff before, it drunk, ruined any
1: bathrooms and fire, but not bathrooms. like
0: yeah, I, but I also just like i don't I don't crank it to ten, but I do have that, and it's like it is a shitty feeling, and if you feel alone in that way, it is it's just awful, and he nails that, and I mm-hmm. think the movie really nails that, and I also think like i what you said was great because it is so wonderfully unique in the way in a lot of ways, like I think. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that puts you this on edge that isn't some, like, thriller. Like, Uncut right, exactly. Gems has, like, is a thriller. There's a yeah, lot this of big-stake stuff happening. Punch yeah. Drunk
1: Love is technically a comedy. Like.
0: The one thing that's, like, similar is What About Bob uh, with Bill Murray because of Billy – or it's not Billy Crystal. It's Richard Dreyfuss's character in that is, like, so on edge, and you know it's going to erupt. But this one is like you're focused on this character who you sympathize with that you don't think is a bad person but has had horrible treatment by his sisters and just society in general. And it's so interesting to have a character that is a pushover with rage.
1: Who's generally successful too. Like, yeah. He's a
0: generally a, a relatively successful entrepreneur. Like, yeah, he's doing well. He his own and, business. And he's really proud of it. And the, But the thing is, is like, the The dichotomy essentially, of having insane amounts of violent rage for a character that is such a pushover is so interesting. It's like they're two sides of the same coin. Um, and he'll do anything to escape his anger. And we were talking about that. and I think that's like really, really well written, yeah, that that is put in there. Um, everything is so odd and random. Uh, it works and it, like it, it's so rare when that like the way he explains why he wears a suit is so fucking dumb and it's great he just says i don't know i have a business thought like i i should wear a suit and then louis guzman wears a suit one of the days yeah and, uh, <laughs> i love that dude he brilliantly also handles the pta really well handles the shittiness of customer service phone calls and just phone calls oh, in yeah. general and it's like, it's actually, I've never seen it done that well in a movie. So uh, I'm going to give it a seven as we well. We need to
1: get some more pudding.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about Uncut Gems for originality? Um. This one's tough for me.
1: It was tough. To, I, I was just going to say that. Um, It's, it's like really big unique big in its style, but it's not necessarily unique for a Safety film. Am I wrong in saying that? that? I'm not, I know I've seen it. No, it, it is. It's, it is
0: good It. good time is more of like crime this isn't like the, there are criminals involved in it but it isn't crime good time is like but they're both similar good yeah. time is literally this guy will do anything to like protect his brother and he does horrible shit all around new york
1: it's definitely a unique story yeah. and it's a unique character piece um i don't think it's as unique as punch drunk love um i think that the state the stylistic choices are unique, but the actual stories like not that unique. The character isn't super duper unique. I gave it a six though. Cause I yeah. didn't think that the movie needed to be made and it's like a valuable movie in the genre.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give it a six as well. I think that's a good way of putting it. I think this movie is incredibly unique in terms of plot because I really, there's another really good gambling movie called win it all with Jake Johnson Uh, By Joe Swanberg. it's it's really good, and it like, but this one, the the level of gambling issues that he has is so mounted up, and they give you so many details on it in in a non-expository way throughout the movie that it's really great, and I actually like I really like the screenplay in that way. It is such a good. This is such a refreshing, I'm sure, New York Jewish movie. It is so New York Jew. (laughs) He's like waiting to announce his divorce to his kids until after Passover is hilarious. There's like, he says the lines like, Jews and colon cancer. What is that? I thought we were the chosen people. Yeah. All right. He's like, one of my favorite lines that's in the trailer is when he's like walking through um, the jewelry district. and He's like, all right, Larry, what? You're a Jew again? Welcome back. Um, That's just like, that is Reform Judaism. That makes sense to me. Um, you can see how his horrible. Act- I think what's really well written in terms of create- creativity is how his actions affect the people around him. Yeah, and you can especially see that with his family, and how where his family aligns. His daughter like detests him and and takes his mom's side and and thinks of him as this disgusting, pathetic creature that she might have looked up to in the past. But even though she lives this wealthy, privileged Jewish lifestyle, she's like still fucking mad at him yeah and then his it's actually even though it's a funny scene it is heartbreaking what he has done to his older son because his older son is a is becoming him even though he's conflicted when he finds out that his dad was like cheating on his mom mm-hmm. but such a great scene when he's like playing basketball super fucking loud in his room and just slamming shit and he has all the like collectibles in yeah. there God, um dude. It's, it's an awesome, like, constantly morphing movie. Even though it's a, it's following the same plot, it is morphing into more and more danger for this character. It is a
1: series of unfortunate events.
0: It, it seriously is. <laughs> yeah, it's such a uh, great way. I think uh, Julie had mentioned that yeah. when we were watching. Yeah. There's not a lot of deeper themes. No. I'll say that. But I do want to say that the I think... Creative-wise, I think this is one of the best endings I've ever seen to a movie. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, for anybody who walked down and was like, what, they killed him? It's like, he had to die. He did, yeah. So much shit. He would he have won that money, money and he would have bet it again. He would have kept doing that because that is how bad his gambling addiction is. And that is genius. I'm going to give it a six. I am. I was closely giving it a seven, but I do think that the not being about much more, um, besides the the colon cancer thing I explained right. earlier, like it's good. It's just not like the most creative movie, right?
1: Uh, so interestingly enough, Punch Drunk Love is now up fifty one to forty six.
0: Wow! But both really good scores. Um,
1: we have donuts here. Are we going to eat those donuts while we're on air?
0: Yeah. Sick. Bring in the donuts. Well, um, let's talk about our last category. Our yeah, last we'll talk about legacy, legacy. And then we'll
1: celebrate with donuts. By, By the way, if you go to... Um, oh, man, I am blanking on the donut name. It's in Santa Monica. It's in Santa Monica. Donuts. Santa Monica. It's called freaking Sidecar. Knew it started with an S. Knew it had nothing to do with donuts. You go to Sidecar Donuts anytime in June, order anything on their monthly um their monthly specials all of that money goes to proceeds supporting uh the african-american community in la go to sidecar donuts and our promo code facing off
0: (laughs) no i wish but uh (laughs) there's no promo there's no promo you shouldn't ask for a discount um, it's for a good cause but
1: uh be active in your community if you have the opportunity to have a delicious donut and also donate five bucks charity Do do it
0: deal get fat uh, get fat. All right, let's talk about legacy. It's our last category. Uh, legacy is where we talk about the the lasting impression that this movie has in the history of movies. Uh, how people talked about it when it came out. It's how people hard will talk about. It. For these, really hard. Um, um, I am actually gonna have to make up my uncut gems one on the spot. So let's start with Punch Drunk Love.
1: Punch Drunk Love, dude. I'm just gonna go four. Yeah. And this is why it lost money worldwide.
0: Not lost money in the U.S. But I think it might have done well. Uh, made like three hundred fifty thousand dollars the first
1: week in theaters.
0: Like that's just like not a lot. That's like yeah, so little money. It is interesting that he got such a big budget for it. But I think it's because he just had Magnolia, which is like a huge yeah, Academy Award winning movie. Lost five hundred thousand dollars
1: like on its worldwide like like release. Like it just like it only it only has like a seventy something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I expected it to be higher. It has like this cult following. It's
0: 79% at, and 78 on Metacritic, which yeah, is pretty good. Yeah, and it, it
1: barely is less than Uncut Gems on IMDb, which is an interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah. Meter. It, well, I am, so, which is strange because I Uncut Gems is such a like big, like every guy was like, dude, this is like the best movie of 2019, it, you yeah. gotta talk, and it, it's great, but like that's, that's I mean, crazy for Punch Drunk Love right. to have that. Punch
1: Drunk, I mean, it was nominated. Like, Sandler was nominated for his performance, I believe.
0: No. No. For Punch Drunk Love? No.
1: Wasn't he nominated for Golden Globe? He was Globe?
0: nominated for a Golden Globe. For yeah. Golden Globe. No, Oscar. Yeah, not, sorry. not Oscar. Not yeah. Oscar. Yeah. He should have been. Hundred yeah, percent should have been for an Really, Oscar. really good.
1: Yeah. Um. This is just one of those movies where I was like, God, we need to quantify with like what our legacy ratings are, because I'm like grasping at straws to try and figure out what to give a movie like this that has this big cult following. Is obviously a great film, but. Lost money worldwide, was barely nominated for anything, doesn't have the highest
0: Rotten well, Tomatoes. That's the tough thing about Legacy. Because when we talk about Legacy, Nick and I usually are trying to be objective to a certain degree while also bringing in how we responded to the movie. And right. I had only seen this movie one time, but I have, since I've seen it, I've recommended it to everyone. And that's crazy cuz it must have had a lasting impression when I first watched it. Then I rewatched it for this pod and I was like, why isn't this my f- one of my favorite movies? Like I I could rewatch it. It's an hour and a half. I could rewatch this a I mean the more times. I think
1: about it, I really like it. I'm just I'm going to give it a 4 in legacy. Um that's just where I'm going to sit with it. Yeah. Uh, what about you?
0: It's a, it is a, so I'm at a 5 cuz personally it it's high for me because the, the legacy, I can't believe that it existed to a level where I was talking about it all the time without even seeing it that often. Um, I know people, you know, our friends, Kellen and Blake, it's like one of their favorite movies. Um, it, you know, it lost money, but it did become a semi-cult hit. I think people who love Paul Thomas Anderson really, really enjoy that movie. Um, I, it is crazy to me that Paul Thomas Anderson has been nominated for eight Oscars and literally never won one. And he's going to he's gonna end up getting, like, 10 to 12 Oscar nominations and then get, like, a win for some bullshit like Spike Lee did and, like, Martin Scorsese kind of did. Um, it, uh, I honestly think that Paul Thomas Anderson for this and Robert Ellswit, the cinematographer, should 100% have been nominated with Adam Sandler. Um, I think so. I so I'm at a five. I'm going to give it above average. I was
1: surprised that neither of these were really nominated for too much. Yeah. These donuts are real heavy,
0: by the way. Yeah, oh <laughs> <It's 'cause laughs> they're
1: it's because they're buttermilk cream, 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 cream and they're full these
0: of these donuts cream. are as thick as Julia Fox's, but let's talk about <laughs> Uncut Gems legacy.
1: Nice transition. Nice. Alright, so, so here's the deal. Was Uncut Gems not before, what was uncut, uncut, Gems uncut Gems nominated for?
0: Nothing. Nothing. It, it right? pissed everyone off. Right, okay. This I is like, like one of the biggest like snub. To a lot of... Not to me, but all the... It should have been nominated for a for few things.
1: something. Yeah. I mean, I was like, like, did I like
0: look, look
1: up the wrong movie mm-mm. when I was trying to find this? No nominations.
0: And everyone was really mad about Sandler not getting nominated. I actually disagree with that. Last year was one of the craziest years ever no, for Best I mean, Actor. And they perfectly chose the top five last yeah,
1: year. Yeah, sh- I don't think it should have been him. But there should have been parts of
0: this nominated. Writing. Um, I think writing. Um... Uh, editing for sure should have been. And I think picture, honestly, I think it could, they could have had a fun movie in there with picture. People really like this movie.
1: I, it was made with 6 million less dollars. Yeah. Than and
0: it had limited releases in New York and LA. I went to see it yeah. when it was on limited release and it was like, it people made, were obsessed with it. It made
1: more money. I think it's more critically acclaimed. I'm going to give it, uh, a five because I also am gonna predict that it has a bit of a cult following as well. Huge. So I'm I'm just gonna, gonna give, give it um, I'm gonna give it a five.
0: Listen, I walked out of the movie. It wasn't my favorite movie of last year. Anyone that's listened to this podcast knows that Parasite was, but it was, and, and I really like Marriage Story as well. But this movie was so like it's in terms of what type of movie it is, it's perfect. I think yeah. it, it, there's not a single flaw with it um, in terms of like me liking it. Um, so I would want to give it higher, but I do think we don't really know. And that's a big problem with Legacy here. But it did, it had a really, really big response. People were very, very mad that it didn't get nominated. And I think that should help its Legacy. And I do think this is a movie I'm going to want to rewatch mm-hmm. a lot. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give it a five as well. I'm I'm pretty close to giving it a six, but I just I don't think this is going to be like the most talked about movie in the next few years. So what
1: was your uh, Punch Drunk Love legacy rating? Five. Okay. Did you add them? Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the uh, all, uh, everything, uh, I just made so many weird noises. Um, shut the fuck up. Shut. 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 Um. All, everything said, all said and done and told, said Mm -hmm. and told.
0: Yep. Punch Drunk Love
1: wins. Nice. 60 to 56. That is
0: close. Holy shit, that's close. I, um, I didn't expect it either because I really responded to Uncut Gems when I saw it last year. I was really obsessed with it. But Punch Drunk Love is, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, I think, that really pushes it over the edge. Oh, i so
1: disrespectful to our listeners eating these donuts as we do I know. It's a, mm,
0: mm, like <laughs> crystal, um, All right, cool. Well, congratulations, Punch Drunk Love. You're a great movie. I hope that everyone has seen it. Let's get into our accolade section. You're welcome, Punch Drunk Love. Say hello to your mother for me. Um, let's get into our accolade section. Let's give out some awards. Uh, let's start with MVP. This one should be pretty easy. It's
1: Adam Sandler. Yeah,
0: it's Adam Sandler. Yeah. All right,
1: LVP. Extortion. Extortion
0: the academy awards. Oh. I think it's actually it's actually mm-hmm. fucking absurd that neither of these movies were nominated for anything.
1: That's a good one. That's so crazy. I should I put that.
0: That is crazy. Who's your, your sixth man? man? Mine's, Mine's Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's Philip Seymour. He's he's in 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> And he's firing on all cylinders. He's so good. It's like one of the most iconic. I did. I forgot about him in this movie, and it's so good. I do recommend to you if you haven't you haven't seen it. Paul Thomas Anderson's first movie with John C. Riley and, and Philip Baker is called Hard Eight. Philip Seymour Hoffman doesn't even have a name in it because he's only in one scene, and he's just like at this. Um, craps table, just fucking bullying, for no reason bullying the lead character who's awesome. like this old guy. He's like, come on, old timer! Come on, old timer! <laughs> He's awesome. Six man. Jud- Jud- I was close to giving Judd Hirsch as well. Yeah.
1: Who's your comeback?
0: I'm gonna go with Julia Fox.
1: That's what I went with. Dude, we did like the same things here. Wow.
0: Nice. I, the thing is, is that she's a great actress, but I think that you, when you're introduced to her character... You don't think much of her. She's in bed and she's fucking with him. She's like, come on, cuddle. Yeah. But you don't know that the movie is going to be a lot about her. Mm -hmm. And I think she's really, really good acting wise in the scene when she's like, shows him the tattoo she got and when she's in the casino. the
1: actress's idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, Yeah. What's your all star team if you put together five performances uh, that you like from both of these movies?
1: Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julia Fox, and 1946-1947 six-foot Jewish guard Ozzie Schuster, the first man to ever score a basket in the National Basketball Association, which at the time was not called the National Basketball Association. Yeah, I love
0: when they say that. He
1: played that. one season. He scored eight points per game. He never played again.
0: That's ridiculous. He's uh, first good all star yeah. team. Way to bring in actual basketball. Instead of Kevin Garnett, who you got? Have-
1: nope. I could have absolutely, absolutely picked, picked Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Yeah. I know that. I made the conscious decision to pick, pick Ozzy Schuster.
0: I will go with Sandler as Howie, Sandler as Barry, and then um, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman for sure. I think I want to go – I was, like, thinking about Luis Guzman, but I really – I want to go with Lakeith Stanfield. I think Lakeith Stanfield, like, really nails it. Uh, He's such a good actor. I didn't
1: didn't go with with the the Ozzy Schuster Schuster joke. joke. I would have gone with Lakeith Stanfield.
0: Yeah, and then I'm, like – it's, like, I want to – no. You know who I'm going with my last one? It's the guy who's, like, a literal loan shark that plays the lead, like, Mm. bad guy in Uncut Gems is, I, I'm sure he's just acting like himself or his past self. He's so fucking good. He should get um, that thing on
1: his neck checked out. Yeah,
0: sure. that's pretty gross. Um, Poor guy. All right, do you have like a best moment? No, we already talked about best moments. Yeah. Uh, any other awards you want to give out?
1: No, but congratulations to Punch Drunk Love. I did not think that was going to win this. Yeah, it's okay. a great
0: movie. I'm so excited. I'm going to rewatch it a lot. I, I made a vow to put it up with like Social Network and like Fast Times to be one of my favorite uh, rewatchable... <gasps> movies and Willy Wonka. All right. I have some recommendations uh, for you especially and then for everyone. Hit me. uh, Good Time. Definitely watch that. Safety Brothers. Heart 8. uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's first movie. Magnolia, which is one of Paul Thomas Anderson's like most beloved movies. I think it's where Tom Cruise won his Academy Award. Mm. Him and Philip Seymour Hoffman are so good in it and it is so bizarre. Uh, It's great. You would love it. He plays this like um, life coach but like a really famous one whose dad's dying um, and then the Meyerwitz stories uh, Noah Baumbach's movie with Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler like Adam Sandler's incredible in it and Dustin Hoffman nice uh, you can hit us up on social media music yeah music, music. Uh, you can hit us up on social media we are on Instagram Instagram.com slash did I say clom again? no Instagram.com slash facingoffpod Uh, And right now on our Facing Off Instagram, I have put together a list of uh, movies focusing on race issues and um, police brutality, injustice, and inequality in our country uh, and abroad. Um, And I have some documentaries and shows on there as well. So please go check that out. I put in the story highlight and it is a post. Uh, And please follow us there. And here's something Marty told me that we should do. Hey, If you haven't at least suggested this podcast to one friend, please do that. I would love it if you would share this. Honestly, post about it on Instagram. We would really appreciate it. I think things are really cooking up and we love you all. And we want to have a big following and then and give you guys all like free promos and shit. Absolutely. Spread us um, and then twitter.com slash facing off pod. Um, just look up facing off. And then send us emails. Let us know about your ratings of these movies. Uh, I know a few of my friends will uh do off podcast at gmail.com. Right. Uh, Nick, do you have a send-off? This is how I win yeah it's great and bye bye and bye bye and bye bye and bye bye you stupid motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) that
1: was a great one